Hello everybody and welcome to Two Girls One Book Podcast. I think this is our 60th episode. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know if that's important, but it felt like it was a nice number to just mention. Yeah. So here we are, 60 episodes later. Nice to be back with you all. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's been a while since we've recorded the podcast, but it's really not. Like We've been very diligent about our posting schedule this year. Yeah. So... Um, but I don't know. The I last think two weeks. Yeah, we felt just... like we've crammed a lot in. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We've just been very busy, so it's felt like we've done a month's worth of stuff in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but anyway, we've got a featured read episode for you today. Um, and before we leap into that, though, we just wanted to do a little um, public service announcement um, that we've been nominated for um, the Book Blogger of the Year award part of the uk book blogger awards which is organized by the book party which is like a fun event that's going on in july that we're going to by the way and everyone should go and buy tickets to be there yeah yeah come and party with us um we've got a discount code as well haven't we yes i'll go to our instagram to check check that out because i can't remember what it is right now <laughs> um but um yeah you can vote for us if you want to that would be great yeah please do um it would be lovely uh to win but there's loads of really good bloggers so yeah we're not um we're not expecting to but you know there's the part of me that is really competitive which wants to <laughs> obliterate the competition yeah. <laughs> same <laughs> like everyone's lovely but still yeah. we, we want to win <laughs> but vote for us please and not them um <laughs> i think you can actually cast multiple votes so mm-hmm. if you go to um www.thebookparty.co.uk uh you'll be able to vote on all the different categories so we're we're only one of the categories but yeah you can you can vote for you can also vote m- multiple times with different email addresses oh why <laughs> that sounds like so. you may have done that <laughs> no i got a message from a friend who said she'd she'd done that she'd uh, cast votes with every single one of her email addresses oh, that's so nice. um that's very nice isn't it i've got an awful lot of email addresses so i could be like <laughs> i could be giving us so many votes <laughs> i won't do it though that's um that's unfair yeah um but there you go. So that's our little PSA. Uh, and now on to the important stuff. Not that that's not important. That's very important. But the book yeah. that yeah. we are here, here to for. talk about. Absolutely. So this month we read Demon Copperhead, didn't we? By Barbara Kingsolver. Yeah. Um, as part of a, another little buddy read. We've been enjoying our buddy reads. Yeah. They keep me kind of, they keep me on the schedule. So I really feel like yeah. I enjoy it because i feel like a pressure yeah. to keep going yeah i think i'm i i kind of get more immersed in a way I've, I've been finding with the last couple that we've done anyway just because we've set quite um not not too challenging but quite a, quite a decent chunk of pages per day so yeah. it's been like a uh yeah a good way of getting into it yeah i think but yeah, yeah Hannah's going to do the usual um, spiel, yep. what the book's about, and then we'll get into it, have a, have a little chat. Okie doke. 
So, Demon Copperhead is a modern retelling of Charles Dickens' David Copperfield. It's set in the mountains of southern Appalachia, and the protagonist and narrator Damon is born in a truck stop bathroom to a teenage single mother. His father died before he was born, and his mother has very little to offer him. It's with his intelligence and knack for survival that Damon, nicknamed Demon Copperhead, fights against the systemic failings of the American foster care system, the lack of funding for education in his area, and the ongoing opioid crisis to try to carve out a life for himself against all odds. Perfect. That's what we're going to talk about today. It is. So, full disclosure, I have never read David Copperfield before. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't know going into this whether that would hamper my enjoyment. I kind of want to read it now. Yeah. Having, having read this Mm -hmm. just to sort of compare and contrast. Yeah. Um, or I might just watch the TV adaptation. That's what I was just going to say. (laughs) I, I don't actually know if I've read David Copperfield, but I know the story through TV, TV adaptation. So... Um, I think that's a good shout. Just do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I'm... I've never read any Charles Dickens apart from A Christmas Carol. Okay. Oliver Twist? No. <gasps> okay. I've never read any. Is that bad? Um, Am I going to be... <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, they're quite <laughs> depressing. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't blame you for swerving them. Yeah, That maybe that's why... Um, but meh, hey ho, maybe I will. I I I like the Christmas Carol because it's Christmassy. Yeah, and, <laughs> and also the Muppets. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. we we digress. Um, I think the fact that I hadn't read it didn't mar my enjoyment of it at all. No. Um, I didn't really know what we were going into mm-hmm. with this one. I read the blurb and thought it sounded interesting but I to be honest know very little about that area of America I don't know a whole bunch about the opioid crisis Uh um so it was definitely like a kind of learning curve of a book and I did really enjoy it for the most part Mm mm-hmm yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good for me. I I gave it a star rating of a, a solid four stars. Okay. For me, um, it wasn't it wasn't a perfect read, but I I did really like it, and I think there's going to be a lot of people that like it who maybe haven't considered it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that this podcast can maybe uh, encourage people who who didn't don't know about it to pick it up yeah I think, I think that would be great I think uh, I mm. agree I I hadn't heard anything of it until you mm. suggested that we maybe read it and it's now been nominated for the Women's Prize for Fiction for this year so I'm hoping that that yeah. will get it to a lot more people as well sure um, definitely I gave this a five star yeah I, I think you would it had it had just enough like really grim horrible things in it to keep me like sure fully invested um but I I did know a little bit about the opioid crisis, having watched um, Michael Keaton's Dope Sick, uh, which is on um, Disney Plus over here in the UK. Um, 
which is I think it's like an eight part series where it really goes into yeah. the kind of the creation of this drug which they marketed as a wonder drug um but that was highly addictive and has caused so many deaths particularly yeah. in um under um privileged areas of the country um so I did have that background knowledge of really where we were going to go with it once we started finding okay. out about the drugs and things I was like right well this is not going to be a it's it's going to be a bit of a sad story at times mm-hmm. um and it was <laughs> Um, but having said that I feel like there is an awful lot of positivity in pockets throughout the book yeah I agree I said um, at the very beginning of our buddy read um, I compared the the vibe of it um, to uh, what Damon's personality to um Cyril's personality um in what's the book called my favorite one (laughs) (laughs) the hearts hearts invisible invisible (laughs) just had like a mind blank there um yes i compared the vibe to the hearts invisible furies just because there's um just that amount of positivity in in his personality, despite all of the shit that gets thrown at him, yeah, I will say that as we're not going to spoil anything here, I think we can probably go through this without spoiling too much. But yeah, you you need to know that his life goes downhill. Yeah, <laughs> it starts bad uh-huh. and then it it gets worse. Um, but there's ups and downs there's peaks and troughs yeah um but yeah i think as as we went through the book and this is where i struggled a little bit there's definitely a uh a lull midway ish through the book mm-hmm. in terms of any sort of positivity that you can grab onto yeah um but i think that that was necessary to convey the shitness <laughs> yeah <laughs> for want of a better word yeah. and just like the the generally bleak nature of the opioid crisis yeah and what people are going through yeah and that no matter how much you try you're going to come up against an obstacle after an obstacle after an obstacle and it just felt like relentless at times and i know mm. it wasn't just myself that said it i'm sure someone said it in the buddy read um chat that like there was a part where they'd had to keep reading because they couldn't stop at a point where that was unknown of like is he going to get out of this situation and there was a few moments because I connected so much with Demon Damon um that I really felt for him and I wanted him to succeed and I I did feel like oh I I have to keep going to know that he gets out of this um and I think that was really one of the strongest feelings that I had throughout the whole thing was just how much I was rooting for him to win. Um, yeah, I think that her... I've never read anything by this author before either, so I really had no idea what kind of writing style um, it was going to be. But I really I really loved her writing style and actually the the pacing of, of it. And um, cause it's very much character-driven. People who love a character-driven novel are going to lap this thing up yeah. 
I think the way that she uh, made us fall in love with him right at the start and his boyish outlook, even though he was having to grow up way before his time. Yeah. Um, sorry, the dogs are just <laughs> interjecting. Um, yeah, I think had we not had that kind of character development right at the very beginning then i think the that middle section where i felt like it was a bit it was a bit of a slog to get through mm-hmm. um i would have maybe tap, tapped out yeah a bit more emotionally yeah um but i think because i had that connection with him uh built from from the very beginning yeah i was able to get get through it and really yeah hope hoped for him <laughs> yeah Oh, you said there, the, like his boyish kind of nature. So obviously mm. at the very beginning, he is literally, he's a boy and he goes through so many things that children shouldn't have to go through. But I think that it's his age which helps him keep that hope. So yeah. he's very much into superheroes and that's his kind of escapism is drawing these superheroes. And um, that idea of him, no matter how awful his life is he doesn't give up on the idea that there could be something different and that there is a way out of it um i thought it was such a lovely he just seemed like such a lovely little character um already like fighting against stereotypes before he was even born so his dad um was a bit of a wrong and i think wasn't he definitely was um had a reputation so he was fighting against that reputation before he'd even been born. His mum's reputation, um, she struggles, Not it's not a spoiler, she struggles with um, with drug addiction throughout the book. Yeah. Um, and his hope in the face of all of that, I think, was just so kind of catching yeah. um, and really, um, yeah, it was infectious. I just was, I had that feeling with him of like, oh no, you can do this, you've got the chance. Um I just thought it was great. I loved her writing and I loved the narration. So he is the narrator. He tells his story to us. Um, yeah. Which I felt, again, added that extra level of connection. And he's witty and funny and, like, sarcastic at times. Yeah. Um, and really honest. And I just thought he was just such a great little character. Um, yeah, I loved it. I loved him. Yeah, same. I don't want to compare it too much to a little life, <laughs> um, but that was kind. Of the, my my thought process when I was trying to figure out like who this is going to appeal to is like somewhere between um, Hearts Invisible Furies and A Little Life. It's somewhere in the middle of those two. Yeah. In terms of bleakness. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it reminded me also a little bit of Betty in those, yeah. like, it's the similar, in the yeah. sense, it's like a coming of age story. So you've yeah. got the similar kind of impoverished child and, and really mm-hmm. struggling against things that are wholeheartedly out of their control. Um, it really gave me feelings of that, but just a little bit darker. Um, yeah. And I think it's a similar um, area that's set in the Appalachians, isn't it, Betty? So I think it's the same feeling of location as well which yeah um yeah definitely definitely gave me um a little life vibes that's why i liked it <laughs> those yeah that's sad... what that's what i thought <laughs> that, the, that 
that depressing nature <laughs> would sit well with you. <laughs> but yeah, if you like sad books, then you should probably get on this one. It's uh, yeah, but but also a really with... important message, I think. Yeah. So one of the things I th- I don't know I'd read an article about it where someone was talking about how Charles Dickens wrote this most of his books are to kind of shine a light on um the perils of like poverty within the UK and um, children growing up mm. in poverty and the damage that that institutional poverty has upon children and in writing this but from this modern viewpoint I think she's very much showing we've we're 170 years later and the same issues still exist for different reasons now it's the drugs and the like i don't there's um elements of racism um yeah kind of throughout it um but that those problems are still the same 170 years later there are still children who are growing up without the basic things that they need in life um yeah and i think that is what makes it a little bit more important i think than a little life not that i didn't think i was going to say that ever about a book but i think it's maybe one which should be read by more people yeah i think it's probably more readable for more people as well yeah there's i there's definitely less in the way of trauma porn in this yeah um uh, one thing that i spoke about with my mum actually because my mum buddy read it with us yeah. as well um and i think she enjoyed it she said that uh, some of the things that she struggled with, which I hadn't really considered, um, was some of the like Americanisms in it. So as he grows up, he's into American football mm-hmm. and that side of things. And there are quite a lot of linguistic things that are probably quite niche to that. Yes. Um, which I didn't, I didn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily bother me. Um, but my mum said that she found some of that maybe a little bit harder to uh, to follow. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think again that's probably important because that's a it was a big part of his life and also one of the main reasons why he went down the path that he went. Well, it was the main reason. Yeah. That's it. But yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it's um, it was important as well because for someone without very many other prospects. Obviously, being in the UK, we don't really have the same kind of college football system as they do over there. But it yeah. must be such a way out for so many of those children if they've got sure. just a tiny bit of aptitude that might lean them towards it. That is your ticket out of poverty. And I think that also gives the the weight to when he is on the verge of losing it all, like the that the importance of that as as a kind of thing in his life as his ticket out yeah. of poverty i think i maybe skated over the references yeah so i didn't necessarily notice it as much but i can see how that might have affected like being able to kind of get your teeth stuck into that yeah absolutely i think maybe i, I don't know maybe i've seen enough american football on our uh super bowl nights one night a year yeah loosely understand what's going on (laughs) yeah i understand that you've got to be big and strong and run from one side to the other that's yeah that's the point (laughs) that's exactly it yeah um and that if you have a uh buggered up knee then that's going to hamper your chances which is um where the problems lay for poor damon demon 
Damon Dean. <laughs> I'd never know which to... So basically he, he refers to himself as Demon. Yeah. But he's called Damon. Yeah. So they're interchangeable. So if you hear us changing between the two, then that's why we're not just forgetting the name of the ca- the main character yeah. of the book. <laughs> Although that is something I would do as well. But... <laughs> um. So I feel like we should maybe talk about some of the other characters in the book. Mm. Um, Maggot, who is... So we've got Demon and Maggot. <laughs> Maggot is yeah. his uh, Demon's best friend, childhood friend. He's actually called Matthew Peggot, and he lives in the trailer next door. Um, yeah. And they are kind of thick as thieves as kids. Um, he's very much his um, support system, and he's... I think one of when he, in in his younger years, one of the only people, the kids at school that doesn't kind of make fun of Demon for the situation that he's in. Um, yeah. So I guess he's almost a brother figure for yeah. um, for Demon, and I really liked that it was in their interactions that I felt like he was allowed to be a child. Yeah. Um, so much of the interactions when he's talking about his mum and how he sometimes has had to look after her and the decisions that he has to make that he shouldn't be as a child. When he is with Maggot and they're playing in the in the woods and things, they are just being children. And I th- I just loved that relationship so much. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me every time that we had that um, that interaction, it reminded me that he's really young yeah like i kept thinking that we'd like sped forward almost in time and that he was already like a teenager or whatever but then there'd be a a a reference to their age and i was like oh my god he's still like eight yeah (laughs) and he's dealing with all of this rubbish yeah but yeah so i think that was it was a good way of yeah making him seem more more relatable as a kid yeah um yeah i I loved Maggot in in that early uh, portion of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really enjoyed seeing his kind of trajectory as well because yeah. we very much follow... He He's there throughout the whole of the yeah. book, isn't he? He's very much a um, supporting actor kind yeah. of uh, role. Um, and his... His story is pretty rough as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for completely dif- different reasons, really. Like, he's from a... What we, what what you deem to be a really quite supportive and loving family unit. Yeah. Um, although they still, they still live in a trailer mm-hmm. and um, they definitely don't have it easy. But yeah. in comparison to Demon's home setup, it's... Uh, pretty perfect really and we see that from demon's interactions with um maggot's family because his parents maggot's parents become somewhat of a foster family to demon don't they taking him away on trips and generally looking out for him yeah um and there's they broke my heart those bits when he's talking about wanting them to adopt him and knowing that yeah. that they can't and he, or he doesn't dare ask because he knows that he's not yeah. wanted and it's like oh it's just that's the only real vision of family that he's ever had as a child yeah and he knows that it's just out of his reach and it's 
Yeah. He's young when he's having these these thoughts, like younger than anybody should when they're knowing when they're having that that realization and I I just it broke my heart. Um yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Peggot, who were the I think they were Maggot's grandparents, weren't they? But they were his carers. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um and then there Oh was... yeah, cuz Maggot's mum's in jail. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. that was it. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, so they've got their own family problems, and they they they're quite a big family, aren't they? As well, yes, they've got various yeah. different like um, people who have died, and we don't really know what the circumstances were there. There's yeah. some like slightly suspicious goings on, and lots of cousins who might marry a cousin, and all of that yeah. kind of it's it's all the 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 hillbilly in quotation marks stuff yeah we get a lot of references to people um ill-treating them because they are deemed to be hillbillies like when they go into the city and stuff like that it's yeah. quite interesting sort of seeing the awareness that um that they have that they are these hillbillies yeah um that are kind of there to be taken the mick out of yeah and the demon there was a moment where he was watching some tv show uh and they were like taking taking the mick out of hillbillies yeah and who was it i can't remember who it was it was saying you should be offended by this because they're basically like ripping um ripping it I, i can't remember but they're he he was totally unaware that he should he should be offended by yeah. the fact that he was being made fun of. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was quite interesting to sort of learn a little bit about about that and about the about the culture surrounding it as well because there was a lot of references to that that history of in society, wasn't there? Yeah, I thought that so. was really interesting the little bit when they'd said about the putting the red bandanas around their necks and that's mm. where the term redneck comes from. Yeah, but actually it was something which they could take the power back from and say, yeah. yeah, we were fighting for our land and our our place in society. Um and it for it to have been turned into kind of the butt of a joke and yeah. the idea that the community wanted to take back that um that terminology. That was really interesting. But all of that is just, it's all just division, isn't it? It's just a, yeah. a way of the media and um, the government and other kind of institutions of dividing the different factions of people so that they're not actually yeah. looking at what the problem is, which is like the money that goes into the pharmaceuticals, which feeds down and causes yeah, big all pharma. Yeah, it's Yeah. Uh, and I, it's just a book that I wasn't expecting it to have all of those like extra political kind of arms to it yeah. and... And those really big questions, um, yeah, yeah. I, it was a real surprise in that sense. Um, yeah, definitely. There is also um, Aunt June is one of the um, kind of oh, early yeah. on figures who features quite a lot through the book, um, and I think she to me came across as like um, in in Demon's eyes, almost like the unicorn who he must he meets her at that really kind of formative moment in his life and she seems like firstly the one who escaped she lives in Knoxville which to him is like this huge big city and it's like magic and it's like she's got out and then she's training to be a nurse so then he he's envisages her that she's saving these lives and she's like this superhero of of a woman um 
and she's taken in a child that's not her, her child and it's literally like his dream is this in front of him and yeah. I think um I think if she had been painted with like silver halo on I wouldn't have been surprised that's kind of how he he viewed her um and she seemed like a really just a genuine kind of normal human being who gave him something to aspire to and to know that you've got a way to get out there are ways out of this town this world yeah yeah i think that's the thing isn't it because there were quite a lot of characters as we went through the book there there are a lot of characters i guess we'll men- try mm-hmm. and mention most of them who are kind of that aspirational uh thing that that we can we can latch on to just hope that what they're saying gets gets through to him yeah um yeah i thought aunt june was a babe yeah and she never seemed to lose hope with him no. as well like, i know that there, there are some i feel like maybe the the peggots because they were an older generation and they have seen maybe had seen so much rubbish go on beforehand yeah. they maybe didn't have like the the patience Although Aunt June is a part of the Peggots, but I'm talking about the the elder yeah, Peggots. Yeah. Whereas she was like a real rock, I think, for a lot of a, a lot of them, to be honest. Because she was again for for Maggot, she became a, a central character, a, a central um, helping force yeah. as well. Yeah. The ones which come and go, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise, but the. Um... So the social workers and also the foster families that we meet mm. early on. Um, there's quite a rotation of them. And um, I think all of them were there, obviously, to serve a purpose. And I quite liked that each of them taught him certain things. Um, mm. But I was just so frustrated. All of that section of like everything dealing with his kind of foster situation just made me angry because I just wanted somebody to kind of actually listen to him and go, listen, this is a little boy. What does he need? Like what? And they don't, it seems to be like ticking boxes and just making sure that the paperwork is all filled in and not actually going, is this child okay? And is this the right scenario and environment for a young boy? Um, and even, um, is it Miss Barks is the first caseworker who he seems to have a kind of a crush on. Obviously, she's that young. Um, yeah. Maybe she's a little bit naive in the way that she deals with things at first. She's got kind of rose-tinted spectacles and she thinks that she's going to be able to make his life okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, uh, I just wanted to shake them all and be like, just pay attention to him. Actually pay attention to where yeah. he is and what he's doing. Because I think his first foster home, he was 10. Yeah. And um, I guess it's... Basically like slave labour. Yeah, he was basically put into a child labour camp. And you think, do you pay any attention to what's happening to these children? Because he's not on his own there. There's a few of them. And I think those were the relationships. The boys that he meets in that first foster home, um, one of them is a little bit older. And I think that's such a dangerous relationship to grow at the age that he he was 10 years old and this boy's Mm. been in this system for so long and has learned that really he doesn't have a way out so he's learning bad habits and and almost that there isn't hope because 
Yeah. He's learning from someone who's been stuck in this. He's and jaded with the system. Yeah. yeah. I just, I wanted to like, just grab him and take him out and run away with him. And um, yeah. yeah, was it Creaky was the man? Mr. Mister Crickson was the first foster foster carer. And yeah, horrible. Yeah, he was really painted to be a, a proper creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he was. Uh, but yeah and then his second foster family um who were basically just in it for the money yeah which i can imagine actually like that that must be a thing yeah that yeah people do just take kids on for the for the allowance that they get yeah. and then don't don't really think, oh, actually, that money is meant to be for the kid. For that child, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. um, but again, it's how much is is investigated when you're finding these foster... I mean, I can imagine that the numbers of children requiring foster homes is so vast that anyone yeah. who applies and says, we've got a home for them, yeah, you can imagine that they do just tick the boxes and go, brilliant, get the kid in there but the damage that that could do that lasts yeah. literally for the rest of their life is just so yeah. overwhelming it's such an overwhelmingly sad book by the end because it's just it's real this is real and it happens all the time all the time yeah um oh now i feel really depressed about it again and actually i do think that it like like I said, it had happy little pockets. There was really nice little moments. And as he grew and as he learned about himself, I thought, yeah, this is a great character and he's got such strength and such resilience. Yeah. But the wider picture is just so bleak. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I, it, it was more the comment on society that yeah. made me feel really depressed about it. Yeah. <laughs> just like... Just how rubbish people can be. Yeah. I'm so glad that there were some really... We can talk about the really nice people in yes. a minute. Yes, yeah. um, That will cheer us up. But I think, yeah, it just... It makes you really question humanity. Yeah. <laughs> when people... like When the sort of drug problems come into it more... And it's just like big farmer preying on those the weakest mm -hmm. in society you just don't have any other option really yeah that just made me so angry yeah that, and it's still going on it's not like this is a historical thing this is like what's happening right now yeah and which is just sick yeah that <laughs> it can be it, that it can be allowed to happen yeah it's horrible i feel like there should be there should be way more uh, TV programs and like documentaries and stuff like flagging it as a, a thing. I mean, the whole the whole pharmaceutical industry has a lot to answer for. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that side of things. Yeah. Um, you really should. You should definitely watch Dope Sick. Yeah, so I need to. I know it, you uh, said. They're, they're, it's it's a really great way of just showing just how insidious it was that they'd come yeah. up with this drug and they would say, oh. 
it's not addictive at all. You can take it constantly. So I think what it was is that they'd originally had um, just kind of morphine, basically, as, as an mm. option, but that's addictive. So you can only take so much of it. So mm-hmm. they created this drug and then went, oh, it's not addictive. You can just keep taking it. Like, take another one before it wears off. Oh, maybe take a bigger, a bigger dose of it. It's fine. It won't, you won't get addicted. And then by the time that they've pushed it to every single person in this really deprived area most of which are people who do really physical jobs and so much of it in the um in that in the program itself is all based around like a coal mine and that's the only industry in that town so if they're all injured and they're doing a physical job and they're relying on this drug to get them through the day and then they're all addicted to it and it's like a spiral that i just don't see how you get out of um yeah it's it's so depressing and fury inducing so yeah i think the more people that read this book the more people that learn about it i think the better everyone should read it let's cheer ourselves up with some happy happy people (laughs) yeah because there is there are a couple more like really uh amazing characters in this yeah um so i guess the the one that was brought up the most in the group chat was angus yes who uh, I I was a bit confused when Angus was first mentioned, um, because we 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 hear about Angus as as cattle first of all, don't we? Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> when she was mentioned on the uh, Angus is a girl as well. Yes. I mean that's a, kind of a spoiler, but that's fine. Well, no, it's, it's, that's, fi- it's explained pretty you quickly. Find out- pretty yeah, quickly yeah exactly so she's really called agnes um, but somebody spelt it yeah. wrong and she kind of stuck with it so yeah yeah she's a cool she's a cool character yeah like a, i guess she to me seemed like a kind of androgynous yeah yeah just almost like ahead of her time really yeah she's she very um, much came across as like didn't care what people thought of her she is yeah. strong confident um she's like the big sister that you always like wish that you've got like that she's got your back she's there to help yeah. she's yeah. yeah she was a really really great character and she is is kind of like that to demon so she's uh in the the next foster home yeah. um that that he finds himself in yep um which is where things kind of start going right for him yeah. for a little bit at least yeah um and yeah she's she's a big part of that but then she yeah she's there throughout the rest of his life after that point isn't she really sort of in and out yeah um and she was such an important beacon of light i think <laughs> yeah definitely um i think the big thing with her is that because she wasn't in the grips of an addiction to anything her mm. loyalty to demon was so unwavering whereas his other friends and other kind of people that he's met through the way if they're struggling with their own things that loyalty Mm. wavers and so you've not got that base to fall back on but angus very definitely was someone who if he needed her she was there yeah um and i felt so i felt almost safer knowing that she existed because i thought oh he's not on his own right this is a real person who actually cares um yeah and yeah she seems like she actually is curious about him she wants to know things about him he's not just a 
a kind of a, a nobody who's beneath her. She really is invested in who he is. Um, yeah, I thought she was great. She was lovely. And so she is the daughter of um, Coach, who is the foster parent in this household, yeah. who gets him into football and sees that there's a talent there. Um, and that feels like a happy little a happy little home. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's a happy little pocket of the book. Um, I think all of us were, were kind of reading that thinking, when's it all going to go wrong again? <laughs> yeah, it's such a... It's like, this can't be a happy book for the rest of it because it's reasonably early yeah, on. Yeah, that's the thing is we I kept doing like the same reading thing. It like, I was like looking at oh. how, how much have I got left to read. Oh, okay, so there's still stuff going to go down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is not it all wrapped up in a bow. Yeah. Quite at this moment in time <laughs> but um it definitely it definitely helped i think to to know that there were gonna be moments where stuff did go right yeah yeah but he was so self-aware about it because he basically like said this this happened and it was good but i knew that it was not gonna last yeah <laughs> Yeah, because of where I'm from and what happens to people like me. Yeah, like, he was very, very matter of fact about it. Yeah, so I quite liked that that self awareness that, yeah, he was enjoying it while it lasted, but and maybe enjoying it too much. Yeah, um, in certain bits, but yeah, pre- yeah, always prepared for it to end, wasn't he? He was always like waiting for it to kind of waiting for the hammer to yeah. fall. Um, yeah, exactly. I think. Oh, there is... I'm going back to a depressing character now, I guess. A little <laughs> bit. I mean, yeah, so Angus is a great character. Coach is a great character. There are great characters in there who are, like, his help and support. But I think they also then highlight the the characters who don't have that help and support. Yeah. So uh, Dory, who is... Um, the, I think she's the only real love interest. There's a little bit of a yeah. flirtation and a kind of infatuation earlier on with some of the characters I think just because he seems to want to attach himself he's not got a mum he's not really had anybody to kind of attach to any sort of relationship really Um, yeah but Dory is the real big love interest um and she she just made me sad but I think the big takeaway that I got from their relationship was Demon's um ability to to really want to nurture and care for someone else. The ha- the things that I'd highlighted was like when he had kind of understood that she was a little bit useless, for want of a better word. There was nothing he was going to be able to do to kind of change who she was. And he kept saying that she was like his little doll, that his job was just yeah. to, to look after her and make sure that she was okay. And she couldn't really give him anything back. And he knew that she mm. couldn't. And I was like, oh, he just wants to give somebody something. He's just nurturing and caring. And she was just sad and I think that the juxtaposition of her who had no support when you compare it then to that he's got Angus and he's got Coach, he's got June and he does have those people and you see how important even those really small relationships are like they're not family, they're not his mum or his dad but they're so important to grounding him and giving him some support Um, Yeah, his teachers as well, Annie and yeah, yeah. like he had he he had that kind of mentor figure and he, she was the art teacher yes. wasn't she that kind of took him under her wing yeah. and she i think she was a really she was a really important step in getting 
back to being a full person again, being his yeah. own person. Yeah. So I think, yeah, she was great. I loved, I loved her. She seemed like a cool hippie yeah. art teacher. <laughs> yeah. And she helped him to see that there was something special about him. I think yeah. if you've been told that you're nothing and nobody wants you for your whole life, essentially, yeah. um, to have that person that goes, oh, no, actually, you've got something great here and you've got a talent. I think that must yeah. have been so important to him. A person that he respected in a position of authority as well. Yeah. Because I think like he, he knew that he could draw because from quite an early age that like, he was drawing his superheroes and stuff like that. Yeah. And in the first foster home, mm-hmm. he... Uh, used to draw for the other boys, didn't he? Yeah. And so people told him that he was good. But I think when you have someone who you respect and they can kind of help you yeah. go in the right direction, I think that's a big, big thing. Yeah. And to show him, um, her and her husband, that showed him um, the, the kind of alternative family life all yeah. he'd ever seen was this kind of big dysfunctional family that lived next door and his mum. That's the only family mm-hmm. that he'd known. So to see that there are different ways of families being made up. There's yeah. Coach and his daughter, the, their mother is not there anymore. She, She's out of the picture. But then also this couple who doesn't have children and like mm-hmm. there's different ways that family can look. I think all of that's yeah. really important for giving yeah. kids ideas outside of their norm. Yeah. Um, an interracial couple as well yeah, which yeah. that was an important point given that that it was implied that there really weren't that many black people at all yeah in that, that town immediate yeah. community so i think that was uh yeah an important po- point to raise yeah i don't know how else to talk about it without spoiling the ending and i don't want no, to spoil we, the i ending. don't think we, i don't think we should mention the ending but it's it's all it's all wrapped up pretty well. Yeah. I was I was happy with the ending. Yeah. Um Yeah, I was well, I was at peace with the ending, I think. Yeah. I'm not I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I wasn't happy, really. but it all made sense and um I was I was okay with where we ended up. Um Yeah. Yeah. I like I liked that it wasn't I know that a few people in the group said that they wanted a bit more from it, but I kind of I enjoyed the fact that we we got an ending and then it was kind of left to us to fill in the blanks. I'm really enjoying that kind of that kind of ending at the moment where it it'll give you the bare bones of what's going on and then you just make up what yeah. you want to think. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um so yeah, I I thought it was a a nice way to tie it all together yeah without telling you what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry you'll have to read it to find out yeah you will um but yeah so that was that was that one i i really hope that it's kind of given people maybe a bit more of a insight as to what it's about and the kind of style um and feeling that that the book has i think there's a lot of people out there that if you've liked all of those bleak reads <laughs> then this is going to be one that you should add to the list because it's really beautifully written yeah and i really want to i do want to read more from barbara kingsolver because so she won the women's prize for fiction 
back a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, at some point, yeah. Because um, a few people mentioned when, when we put that on our story, it says on it that she's it's already that won. She's won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, for a different book yeah. a few years ago. She but it, it isn't made... It's not made very clear on the front of the book, I must say. No, I mean, a clever um, marketing. <laughs> it is a bit of clever marketing, but it might win. Yeah. So I think it would be a knows. very worthy winner. I think it's really important um, as a piece of literary fiction, really clever yeah. retelling. Um, and to say it's quite big, it's over, it's a 500 and something pages, but I did mm-hmm. not feel like it was that long. It felt like it went no. very, very quickly for me. Yeah, I agree. Apart from the the slight lull that I had in the middle, I think for the most part I found it very easy easy read considering yeah. the subject matter. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Well worth it. Absolutely. Glad that we did it. Um so thank you to whoever su- a few people suggested, suggested it. it. Yeah, there was so, a few wasn't Yeah, there? there was a few people. So thank you to to all of you guys that that put it on our radar. Um so next time we should have a short stories episode and then the following featured read is going to be dun, dun, dun. something to do with the savage side is that what it's got it's, it's... <laughs> i've got it it's on, on the on the on savage, the savage side. side i'm literally i'm getting yeah. it it's right here it's i do have it tiffany mcdaniel's <laughs> new book um <laughs> something to do with the savage side. well i knew it was yeah, savage so... something <laughs> It is. Uh, it's yeah, on the savage side by Tiffany McDaniel um, of Betty fame, uh, which was a book that so many people raved about. So we thought we would probably, we should probably get on this next. one. Yep. Which I feel like it must be depressing. Yeah, I don't actually. I have not actually read anything about it, but I feel like we might be on a bit of a depressing streak at the moment. Well, so maybe sorry. <laughs> about that we'll have to do some kind of comedic ones in the meantime for short stories um yeah i think so yeah uh, but yeah we're going to be doing that as a buddy read so we'll probably pop that out as a thing yeah in the next day or two yeah um but yeah in the meantime we'll talk at you later yep thanks for listening guys bye, bye everybody hi there Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls One Book podcast. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls One Book Pod, so come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.